This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. When I was younger, I wanted to know, where did that come from? How did it get there? The only way to find out is through the wormhole. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Through the Ultra Wormhole. I'm your host, Jared, as always, and I'm joined today, as always, with... <laughs> am I always here? I am. I'm everywhere. Yeah, you're always here. I, I feel like I'm Ringo Starr. I'm just everywhere. <laughs> no, that means you wouldn't have talent, because Ringo Starr didn't have a lot of talent. You're like... You take that back. Ringo is my favorite Beatle. I don't know if you knew this. Ringo is my absolute favorite Beatle. I'm I'm a huge fan of George Harrison, but... Uh... No, 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 so Ringo was the least problematic one. That's true. Least. He was the one who didn't have issues with dating and violence, domestic abuse. He's the one who didn't have a whole lot of uh, political issues. John Lennon. In his private life, was kind of the opposite of how he was in public. Uh, Ringo was like the least problematic person, and he did the voices on Thomas the Train Engine on PBS. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, that's yeah, cool. He's the, he's the narrator. The more you know. <laughs> and also, like, he just seems like the happiest guy ever. And everyone I know, everything I've read about anyone who's met him has been like, oh, he's just the friendliest person. He's just like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> he's literally my favorite Beatle, though, just because like he always seems happy to be there. And, and, and that's why I love him. All right. And of course, we are, of course, talking about non-local species that are found in the Pokemon franchise. Oh, wait, the Beatles? <laughs> the Beatles? Yes, the Beatles are in the Pokemon franchise. Uh, you find them in... Galar, they they're in the be. four corners somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Be. They should be. They should have made it. Oh, uh, no. They play it. They're the band that plays at the end of the set of when you win. It's the Rillaboom, the Toxtricity, and all of them. You take that back. Ringo's better than Rillaboom. I love Rillaboom, so that's hard for me to say. Yeah, but Ringo wrote Octopus's Garden. That is true. <laughs> Rillaboom <laughs> has drum beating. Hey, let's do it. All right. So I promised this episode the last time. Um, so we are going to be talking about cats today. Um, not the musical, not the musical or the uh, adaptation movie of the musical with James Corden. That was, uh, <laughs> really bad. Yeah. We don't talk about that. It doesn't exist. We, we don't talk about Bruno. And we don't talk about cats. The musical, the movie adaptation. <laughs> Got it. So cats are a conflict species. They're found throughout the world. Of course, as we all know, and we have them here in America. They're all over. We have them domesticated, and we have them feral. They are actually one of the most uh, harmful non-native species globally by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. A large part of this issue stems from uh, feline predation and a lot of species not being used to feline predators. We'll talk about it more later on with uh, Hawaii in particular, but a lot of those species aren't used to it. So Don used to tell a story when we do conventions about... Uh, mm. This island and the the one cat, the light, lighthouse keeper's cat, and he, it caused like entire bird species to go extinct. Yeah, there. Um, I talk about later on from like a personal story, but like, like we have a neighbor that has a cat, and it's a lovely cat, but it's not door cat. And even though it's well fed and taken care of, it has dropped birds off in our front yard that it's gone out and killed. And I'm just yeah. like, I get it, but at the same time. We don't think yeah. we have a lot of endangered species around us, but still not great. 
It's because people are not listening to Bob Barker. And we'll talk about what Bob Barker said near the end when we talk about solutions. So, um, talked about the prices, right? <laughs> oh, cats, both feral and even domesticated, have been responsible for extinction of numerous di- different species, including 33 bird species. Uh, according to the Smithsonian Conservation Biological Institute, which it, I love because I've been there and I worked with them, uh, in the United States alone, cats are responsible for the death of approximately 2.4 billion birds, and that's billion with a B. We're not talking million. No, we're talking billions every can year. I do, can I do the Brian Fellows thing? Yes. That's a lot of birds. <laughs> and hey, even more, 6.3 to 22.9 billion small mammals every year. That's a lot of birds. <laughs> now, granted, 33% of those birds are non-native species. And most of the uh, mammals that are predated on are rats, squirrel. Shrews, voles, those type of species, and just under 70% of those deaths are caused by feral cats, which is about three times the amount that domesticated cats do. But still, that's a lot. Those cats in the Broadway musical are the problem. Yes, absolutely. James Gordon is the problem (laughs) in so many ways in life. So you may be wondering, because I talked about feral and I'm also talking about domesticated. Why are domesticated cats an issue? And why would they even hunt, even if they are well-fed and taken care of? And I can answer that. A lot of it comes down to instincts and nature. Like I just talked about earlier, I have a lovely neighbor. They live next door. They have a cat. It's an outdoor cat that they take outside and they leave it outside. I've seen him been fed. I've been inside the house. And they're well-fed and well-taken care of. But he still hunts because that's in their nature to hunt. And they bring them into our yard. So it is very instinctual for cats to still be predators so even your best well taken care of cat will still go out and still hunt because that's what they are born to do so the only exception is odysseus my cat um so i always like to have cats who we live near the woods they're not outdoor cats not allowed Mm -hmm. but we get mice in the winter yeah and so our last cat like rusty was really good about like oh no i got him Mm. um i keep finding mouse droppings in our storage room and i'm like what the odysseus like you're not doing your job dude you know, who, another one that's not good at keeping mouses out, Tom and Tom and Jerry. He wasn't very good either. I think Odysseus is worse. Like, I like him, but I'm just like, what the heck, dude? Like, you're supposed to take care of this. That, that's the agreement. You live here. I feed you. We cuddle you and pet you. And you take care of the mice. So we are talking Pokemon. We got to talk Pokemon. That's the whole point. So we got to go back to our favorite place that we've talked about on every episode, except for one episode. Uh, we're going back to Hawaii. We're going back. Oh God! Not as long as we stuck in my head. So we're going back to Hawaii because we can talk about Alola. So in Hawaii, cats are a very big conflict issue because they're on islands. You have a lot of endemic species only found there, and a lot of endangered species that are found only there. Uh, cats predate on. I'm not going to, I want to say I'm going to try to pronounce these names, but I'm going to butcher them so bad. The Halila, the, um, I'm not going to pronounce it, the Hawaiian Petrel. We've got the Hawaiian Moorhen, the Hawaiian Stilt. There's a lot of different endangered species that the cats can predate on in the area. And it's an island that's never had a feline predator before. So... These animals are not used to predation, especially from a feline, 
at all. So how were they brought over? How did the how did Hawaii and the islands end up with cats? Well, we can do what we do in a lot of things with when things are going wrong with invasive species that have been around for a I long time. I know what time. it is. I know what the answer what is. is. What? <laughs> it's white Europeans. <laughs> yeah, but I said we can always just blame the Europeans <laughs> on the when it comes to a lot of and a lot of lot very of true. Lot of so it's very true in a lot of especially with a lot of non-local species with rats, boar, foxes, cats. A lot of them you are brought what? over by Europeans. I. Uh, yeah, like like ninety percent of the issues. Yep. So they were brought over by Europeans, and then they made their home on the islands, and were made a domesticated cat, um, domesticated pet, which then has allowed them to expand on the island and cause these issues. Also, cats are also known to a parasite known as Toxoplasma gondii, gondii, which. The eggs are excreted out in the feces to help them spread. And it's also a threat to conservation of endangered species such as the Hawaiian goose, the Hawaiian crow, the Hawaiian monk's veals, and humanocentrically, pregnant women, and people with weakened immune systems. So if we're talking cats, talking Alola, we got to talk about which one is causing these conflicts in these in those games and in, and in the real world, and I can tell you, it's not Linton, and it's not Incineroar either. And though he is a pain in VGC, it's not Incineroar. We're talking about Alolan Meowth and Alolan Persian. Everyone's pretentious cat that gets shown in the anime that is kind of rude to poor normal Meowth, our good friend from Team Rocket. He's your friend, not my friend. Him he has grown that so Boston, much over that the Boston years. Accent, I, I can't do it. He has grown so much over the years. I have, I have appreciated it, especially really? during the Kalos arc. Oh yeah, well the whole Kalos arc where he helps. Who does he help? He helps. Um, he with Team Rocket help. Um, wow, uh, what's their name? Sycamore and uh, Serena and them inside of the uh, Team Flare headquarter when they're trying to save the Chespin for the little girl. I didn't watch any of the Kalos. That's kind of where I stopped watching for a while. <laughs> oh, it's it's good. It's good. It's, yeah, it's actually probably one of my favorites. Didn't have time to watch a TV for a while. <laughs> you know, having a baby and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, mouth you know, that we I, know I of. Watch, I I got to watch the Alola stuff because Lila was like four and five. Okay. Three, three, four, and five. So like she liked that. Okay. But I didn't get to watch the Kalos stuff because Lila was an infant and uh, also no time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So the mouth that we all were probably introduced to, yes, I'm calling people old, um, is with Kanto. And then the Alolan mouth is, according to Pokedex, not originally from Kanto. Not originally from Alola, sorry. From the Sonepec Sun Pokedex, they went they were brought to the islands of Alola, and due to a surge in human actions, they went feral. Which is what we see now in Hawaii itself. Well, and we see that with a lot of uh, non-local species in general, that they show mm. up on accident, brought there by people, maybe as pets. And then as they're released into the wild, you know, populations develop and take root. And then those populations, you know, have conflict with the endemic or native species. I really think about pythons in the Everglades. Yeah, the pet trade. Or, uh, what, there's, like, alligators in the sewers in New York? Is that true or is that not true? I don't remember if that's true or not. I don't remember if that's an urban legend. 
I know that there was an alligator out here in Ohio a couple years ago. There was there was two that were found in one of the lakes nearby. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Nope. I'm good. Yeah, um, so but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like my parents live in North. Getting off topic a little bit. My parents live in North Carolina, and you can see the gators. And I'm like, I'm good. So <laughs> I'm passing up on the uh, offer. So Meowth in Alola is based on the British short-haired cat, and there's a British blue color variation of them. But the British short-haired cat's interesting because it has the large rounded head and the like, the pronounced smile that you kind of see that Alola and Meowth gives. And these were actually selectively bred with royal cats from the royal houses of Hawaii, which is why you kind of see in the Pokedex entries, you see a lot of hints of like, they're very prideful or feisty or they're used to living lavishly or like in Galar, they talk about they're used to being living to live with royalty. So you see all of that, but they are brought over. They're a cat brought over from Europe. So it's the same thing of that. We have the cats that are there now, the feral and domesticated cats that were brought over and that we see now that are causing uh, their conflicts. And it makes sense that we have this regional form of Meowth that is not found anywhere else that was brought over into Alola. So the most, probably I would say, I don't want to say like the, probably the most controversial thing that you can come out of this, but how do you help with this conflict? I know. How? Uh, you hire the dog from Tom and Jerry. What's Bruno? I think that's his name. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I, I, Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might talk about him. I think it's, it's Bruno or Bruce. It's one of the two. Is it um, Brutus? No, I'm actually genuinely curious and I'll have to look it up. To find out, but how Watch, can you his help? His name is like Fred. <laughs> I'm Fred the dog. <laughs> I'm generally looking this up because I'm Spike, Butch, or Killer. Ha, I knew there was, an, yeah, no one was even close. <laughs> I knew there was a B name, but I couldn't remember. So, um, Beatrice. <laughs> so you can spay, spay and neutering your pet cats so they don't breed with feral cats if you let them outside. The big thing. Can I thing, tell you a story about that really quick? Yeah. Okay. So, um, which, about the Bob Barker whole thing. So I had this friend and I, she was one of my best friends at the end of my high school years and my like first year of college. Um, she was a few years behind me. So she was still in high school while I was, you know, doing my early years of my undergrad and her family are, well, currently she's a staunch libertarian and not only did she believe in don't tread on me, she also believed in don't tread on, uh, reproductive rights of my cat. And oh. uh, yeah, it, the story is great. You're going to love the story. So uh, she is where uh, Lila's other mom and I got our first cat, where we got Nebula, who died at a really young age. Uh, I think she died at, Nebby died at like nine. She had like severe health issues. Oh. So Nebby's dad is also her brother, but also technically her uncle. If you could see the video of this, uh, everyone listening, my face just went like all shades of what? Yeah. yeah. So because she didn't believe in spaying or neutering, her one cat had litters and then those litters reproduced with the mother cat. But then those litters also reproduced with each other. And the genetic line got so twisted that they all they, they had like they had like like Nebby would do this like weird like twitch for no reason. Like her eye her she just like like her whole face would like jitter and like her side would twitch. And I remember talking to my friend about this once and she was like, well, you know, you just don't understand. And I was like, Dodo, like, this is a real issue. Like, you really need to take care of this. Yeah. This is not healthy for the cats. 
because there are a lot of animals that will, you know, inbreed like that. And then essentially the offspring are going to have health issues and health complications. And it did lead to that. And I felt bad because, I mean, these cats got sick or they would run around and get run over because they didn't keep track of them. And it was it, it, it was really frustrating. I remember this is one of the last things that we ever talked about is I was really angry about it. And we argued about it. And I was like, yeah, this is this is dumb. Like, I don't I don't even know how to convince you of how insane your argument is <laughs> that you feel like it's your right when we're talking about the well-being of these animals and the other animals in your neighborhood. Uh, it just, yeah. So that's a weird story, but I did want to share that with you. Yeah. And it's something, but it, it shows, it also shows things, especially, I don't want to get into the whole breeding thing because that's a whole other conversation that I could have a talk about, but <laughs> spay new to your pet cats. Probably the most controversial thing is people say, well, these are outdoor cats. I get it with like, if you're, I know with like farm, farm cats. Yeah. With farm cats, like that makes sense. I have friends that have farm cats. Um, because of they live on farms to catch mice and everything, that makes a lot of sense. But in like suburban neighborhoods or stuff like that, keep your cat indoors or safely contained, so they're not actually out causing um causing deaths of like birds or animals that are out there um already. Uh, please microchip your cats, your pet cats, so if they become lost, they can actually get returned to you. Please, well, never abandon your pet cats. One, if you abandon an animal, you're not my friend anymore. Um, if you can't take care of the cat, please surrender the cat to a local animal shelter or help find someone that can take care of it. Don't just abandon them out. Uh, that causes a lot of issues. We've seen that with the pet tray. We see that with, with the Burmese pythons. We've seen that with goldfish being abandoned to ponds and now becoming voracious predators. And now we have that same issue that we see now with cats. And please don't feed feral cats. Honestly, don't feed any animal that is not your own. That is not a, uh, you mean well, don't feed those people at Yellowstone feeding bears and buffalo? I have a bear story, and we have enough time to tell it, that talks about like feed, not feeding feral animals in general and why you shouldn't do it. Uh, when I lived in Virginia for, at school, uh, we had our wildlife management class. We talked about bears. We had a Virginia game uh, officer came in to talk to us. He said, yeah, I literally just had to come back from driving a bear 75 miles away. Because this lady in her backyard was feeding a bear, and then she decided to try to pet said bear, and was bit. Um, because oh. she thought that she had it tamed because she was around the bear all the time, and the bear oh, got no. spooked and bit her. And he, uh, after she went to the hospital, she was fined a lot of money because you don't do that. But the biggest ones are staying new to your pet cats and keep them indoors and have them microchip so we can you can find them. And they can get returned to you because that's a lot of our issue. Uh, I know uh, the one township near my house has a leash law that you can't actually have your cat outside. If it doesn't have a leash, you get you get fined for it. I think that's starting to become a little bit more popular around the country, which some um, which I'm kind of hoping on. But that's really kind of what we have the issue is with the conflict that we've been seeing with cats, fairly and domestically, is they hurt your endemic bird populations, your rodent populations. Yes, the ones that sometimes that people don't want around, but also the ones that are important to your ecosystems. And then just spay and neuter, especially one that well, one that the appropriate age, and then keep your cats indoors and microchips. And I think that is everything that I have for today. This may or may not. So this may or may not be the last episode of Through the Alter Wormhole. Uh, we should have announcements coming your way soon about scheduled lineup changes for the spring. 
uh, as the intention of through the altar wormhole and, you know, uh, Pokonomics was always to do mini series. Yay. It was fun. I've had fun. I've learned a lot. (laughs) So have I actually, I've learned a lot just from like the research I've been doing and stuff like that. But until next time, I'm Jared. And I guess I'm Madison. (gasps) Yeah. And we'll, we'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.